1: Welcome in, everybody, to the CFP Nation All America podcast presented by Twisted Tea. I'm Bill Trochi, senior editor at sportingnews.com, alongside Bill Bender, our national college football writer at sportingnews.com. You can follow Bill on Twitter at BillBender92. You can follow me at Bill Troche. Keep an eye on the main sporting news account at Sporting News. Welcome in to our national signing day wrap up show. Uh, it's uh, not quite the national as far as college football concerned. Celebration Day, as it used to be in February. But it's still an important thing. And you wrote a winners and losers column uh, that we just published at sportingnews.com. Go check it out when you get a chance. And a um, couple times in there, I noticed you said that, you know, the most important thing about building a championship team, even in this era of NIL and transfer portal, is the recruiting aspect of it.
2: I I still believe that. Mm -hmm. I I think you look at Georgia, Ohio State, and Alabama, all schools that – Dan Wetzel had a really interesting column yesterday that I read that was talking about how NIL – the talent is getting dispersed a little more. And I believe at the time – I think Georgia had a kid flip, but basically out of the top ten prospects, nine – they went to nine different schools because Georgia had a kid flip from uh, Florida State today, I believe – or or Florida. and But the qualifier still is that Georgia, Alabama, and Ohio State have pieced together top five recruiting classes each of the last five years. So whether it's the signing day, getting moved, or NIL or the transfer portal, those three are still going to do that. But you saw, and in our winners and losers, there's some success stories in some places that you wouldn't expect. Yes.
1: So before we get to that, though, Trochi Trivia, Recruiting style. Here we go. Uh, and then we can jump into your winners and losers and talk a little bit about some uh, some quarterback movement uh that's still going on in the background. These poor coaches in December. I mean, holy mackerel, I don't know how they keep everything straight. Uh but all right, my trivia question for National Signing Day. In the last three recruiting classes, twenty-one, twenty-two, and twenty-three, there have been fifteen five star quarterbacks according to the uh, composite, the two, four, seven composite. Okay. Six of those five-star quarterbacks have transferred or are in the transfer portal in those three classes. How many of those six five-star quarterbacks can you name that have transferred from the classes of 21, 22, and 23? So we'll revisit that, see how you do at the end of the show.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
3: Are you ready to elevate your college football game day experience? Check out Twisted Tea, your go-to game day beverage for college football fans. Twisted Tea is there to elevate game day experience. It perfectly complements your love for college football and your passion for creating unforgettable moments. So let's toast to unforgettable game day experiences. Twisted Tea, the drink that fuels fun and celebrates your love for college football. Keep it twisted.
1: Yeah, let's right jump in. Oh, the big news kind of started on Tuesday, right? When Dylan Rayola announced his flip from Georgia to Nebraska, number one quarterback. He had an interesting announcement that you and I talked about a little bit, but uh, you had a piece at sportingnews.com about what this thing means for Nebraska, a team that struggled again, even with Matt rules with these one score losses. Uh, They need a talent upgrade. Dylan rail, certain will certainly will be that quarterback was a big problem. If he starts as a true freshman, and can fulfill some of that promise. That's, that's at least one upgrade that Matt rule checked that huge box today.
2: Oh, for sure. And, uh, you know, obviously this is a huge recruit for Nebraska. You have to go all the way back to Marlon lucky as their last five-star recruit. He was in that class with Ndamuk and Sue and they were really, obviously they, they made a big 12 championship game. I get the conferences crossed sometimes, but it's huge because it's the most important position. Now, you you'll have people ask questions about Dylan Riola Was originally an Ohio State commit, and then he was a Georgia commit, and then he was a Nebraska commit. And he's played for was it three or four different high schools? Correct. Attended four uh, I think he played for three
1: between yes football seasons
2: or whatever. But yeah,
1: yeah, across schools.
2: multiple states, including Georgia, and you know Buf- Buford High School had quite a day. They had two other five star kids commit today. One go to Ohio State, and one go to you know, Georgia, flipped to Georgia. So, yep. um, yeah, but I, I think in general, it should create excitement at Nebraska. Now you have a five-star kid that you can build. It's not just the kid. Mm-hmm. And I think I know some of these guys that went in the portal. It's the guys that come as a result of that, um, you know, like building a class around an Arch Manning and, and building a class around, well, the two guys that transferred, you can't really do that. But my point being, it's it's huge for Nebraska. It's huge for Matt Rule. Another guy that seems to get and know how to do a makeover and has a pretty good grasp of NIL and transfer portal and and recruiting at Nebraska. They haven't had a coach like that in a long time.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's great. It's great. I mean, that fan base still fills it up every Saturday. They've had a, it's been a long time for them to have feel optimism. Uh, you know, of course, they were. Thrilled when Scott Frost was hired, but that didn't turn out like everybody wanted to. They're on a long bowl bowl drought right now, uh, so hopefully Dylan Riola can uh, can help them end that. Of course, you know he has higher hopes since he grouped himself with Mike Rozier, Johnny Rogers, and Eric Crouch, three Nebraska Heisman Trophy winners in his announcement. So he's not lacking in confidence, Bill.
2: No, I mean, and that can be. That can work both ways. So, I mean, you know, that can really blow up on you. But those guys are are the standard at Nebraska. This is a program that's starved for success. And I think uh, for for him, I mean, if, if he can wear that, we'll see. Now, the cynical side will say, well, how long is it until he transfers back to Georgia? You know, if things go south at Nebraska. I don't think it will happen. And, and a big thing working is the legacy. You know, having an uncle that's on the staff, having a father that, you know, not only played there and was a Remington guy, Remington winner, I believe, and an 11 year veteran for the Lions. So I think he'll he'll stick at Nebraska, and there's going to be a tremendous amount of pressure, but I think he's up for that challenge.
1: Is when Grant Bender announces where <laughs> he's going to school, is he going to group himself with Desmond Howard <laughs> and Charles Woodson and uh, and uh, and JJ McCarthy?
2: No, he, 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 if we ever get you know Michigan, Ohio State, Notre Dame, wherever, if they ever offered him, we we would just. Be thrilled to death to have him at one of those schools <laughs> or any division one school because that means I wouldn't be uh, paying my tuition. So, uh, his tuition. So, uh, yeah, we'll <laughs> see. There's a long way before we get to that one.
1: So, uh, one of your winners was Syracuse. New coach Fran Brown uh, came from Georgia. He's the only de- defensive backs coach, wasn't even a coordinator. Uh, that's a rare hire for a Power Five school to hire someone, uh, who is an assistant at a different program who is not a coordinator, but he was known for his recruiting. Uh, and you had him as a winner. He already was a winner in the transfer portal by securing Kyle McCord, but he did even more work on the recruiting trail.
2: No, he's doing great. And, uh, you know, obviously getting Kyle McCord, getting two players, four-star kids from Georgia. Um, Syracuse hasn't had a top 50 recruiting class since 2019. I don't think anybody has thought of Syracuse in that way in a while. So what a start, right? You come from these guys that whenever an assistant coach of Kirby or Nick Saban gets hired, I jump on their bandwagon pretty quick. Um, sometimes it doesn't work out. I mean, but sometimes it does. And and in this case, he's clearly learned from Kirby. It's like Dan Lanning. Dan Lanning had a great day today too. And, and, these guys have taken the lessons from that. They're aggressive. I, I'm kind of excited to watch Syracuse last year. As I was pointing out, Kyle McCord had 3,180 passing yards last year. Syracuse has had one guy in their school history pass for more than that in a single season, Eric Nassib in 2012. So the upgrades for the Orange are huge. And as they play, they're They're playing in their bowl game. And you know, getting there in a six and six bowl game coaching transition. They've got some nice pieces to compete in the ACC next year, not a championship, but, but hints of like what Louisville did this year. These
1: are the three coaches that fit that category that Fran Brown is in an assistant coach who wasn't a coordinator and they've had varying levels of success over the last, I think since 2017, he's the fourth one Shane Beamer, South Carolina, Sam Pittman, Arkansas, Joey McGuire, Texas Tech. So no clear disasters in that group. No,
2: no.
4: Yeah.
1: So um, just thought that was an interesting note on him too.
4: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
3: It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle a run it's only for the fans after all it's only pressure you got this adidas
1: any other winners or losers you want to touch on before we move on is it uh rough
2: day for florida yes having a lot of guys decommit but they did get their quarterback which will help um no, we talked a little. We're going to talk more about Michigan. They were all
1: on the defensive side. They had 60 commitments, right. and they have gotten rid of two defensive assistants, Uh, and I think that had a lot to do with it. Napier has not filled those spots yet. Bad timing. Again, everything happens in December. Maybe he wanted to make a change, uh, but it clearly hurt on signing day.
2: No. Yeah, and we talked about Michigan. We'll talk about them more here in a little bit, but The the momentum of three Big Ten championships and they haven't gotten a top ten class out of it and not getting a five star. Now, there's some other factors at work there, but and they did get some good pieces, Jaden Davis and Jordan Marshall. So they were kind of like you can call them a signing day loser. But it's clear they do things a little bit differently. And, um, you know, we we talked a little bit about Colorado. Um, Their game is the portal. It's not, rec- I think it's got to be a mix of both, Bill. That's what I'm saying. You can't just be portal team and you can't just be recruiting team. You've got to be a mix of both. And that's something that Dion is still figuring it out at Colorado. No. Granted, he still upgraded the talent by a lot there.
1: No question. You know, I think people forget Colorado was one and 11. They were a horrendous one and 11, like multiple, multiple 30, 35 point losses. They went four and eight this year. I think six of their eight losses were by one score. So even though it only went from one to four, they were in 10 out of the 12 games. They were in maybe two games last year. So, I mean, that to me, uh, you can look at that as a in two games versus in 10 games this year, you know, instead of just the one to four. He really did make a huge difference. We're waiting. It's uh, Wednesday night. Jordan Seton, the five-star tackle, still hasn't made his announcement. He committed to Colorado the first week of December. It looked like he may be a plug-and-play left tackle. Freshman, he's the highest-rated left tackle. Of course, Colorado needs help on the offensive line. He's wavering. He, he tweeted yesterday that he's basically trying to decide between two schools. Maryland apparently is making a late push. He grew up in D.C., the D.C. area, went to IMG Academy as a senior, but clearly has ties to the to the DMV. And, um, and, and Maryland is looking to, to make a late score there, so we don't know what's going to happen. But either way, you're right. They didn't have much of a, you know, they only, even with Seton, that was only six six signees in the whole class. Feeds my theory that I've shared with you that Dion's uh, one and two and done at Colorado. He's not looking to the future. He's not signing the high school kids. He's trying to get the instant impact transfers. Shador's off to the NFL next year. Travis Hunter's off to the NFL next year. Maybe Dion is out of Boulder one way or another after this year. I don't know. We'll see. That's just my theory on that because, uh, you know, he clearly could sign more than six players if he put the effort in.
2: Yeah, and there's a lot of work there. But you you make a great point, and that's what we brought up. Like, I, I hesitate to call anybody a loser in the signing day thing, but I put Colorado down. I mean, when you only sign six kids and you're trying to build a program, that's tough. Now, the catch being the fact that they are getting top 100 recruits is a win. And the fact that they're even in the conversation, and when we talked about Seton, that would be somebody to build your trenches around. They need more players like him in order to get, they did have the last ranked recruiting class in the Big 12. Remember, when you're looking at these recruiting rankings, you have to look at, oh yeah, Oregon now has the second best class in the Big 10. That kind of made me chuckle a little bit. (laughs) All right, well, uh, let's move on to some QB roulette. We got some uh,
1: quarterback news here and there. Since uh, we last had a podcast, Carson Beck staying at Georgia. He was, I wouldn't say on the fence. I mean, he was always going to play the Orange Bowl against Florida State. Uh, On Sunday, he was asked about the NFL. He said he was undecided. And, you know, I heard that perhaps he was negotiating a little bit on his NIL deal to see if, uh, you know, he wanted to go to the NFL or maybe come back to Georgia try to get a little money uh, out of Georgia Monday, he said he is coming back. What does that mean for the dogs, especially with the Rayola flip?
2: Well, I mean, it probably factored in because Rayola is obviously looking for playing time and I don't see anybody on Nebraska's roster that, uh, does that. You had the Brock Vandegriff went in the portal. So, you know, the depth behind Carson Beck is interesting. They'll, they'll have to figure some things out and I could see Georgia going for a portal quarterback, next year maybe not yet maybe even like a lower end portal qb this year but carson beck can continue to improve his stock we probably should have mike griffith on soon he's probably got some pretty good insight on that and uh yeah i mean obviously with with uh georgia i think carson beck's a guy to watch because he if he builds on what he did this year georgia will be right back in the mix for a They'll make the playoff next year Yeah, because there's 12 teams and he could really improve his NFL stock.
1: Right. I can see him as a second, third round draft pick next year or something like that. Uh, And maybe even a late first. Who knows? Uh, J.J. McCarthy. He has not unveiled his plans for post CFP. Correct. He doesn't even want to talk about it.
2: No, he told Jim Harbaugh he wants to focus on Alabama. So, I mean, this is another part of the potential fallout for Michigan we had an open discussion in our editorial meeting this week about, I kind of threw it out there. I said, you know, Elliot Ponnell, our our boss said, and we were engaging in this conversation. I kind of threw it out there. He he could be considered Michigan's best quarterback of all time. And it's not like ridiculous, you know, two playoff runs, two big 10 championships. Um, I don't know where he falls in the draft though. So if McCarthy were to come back, it would be very much like Blake Corm. There's not a ton to prove at the college level, but it would mean that maybe he's getting a second round grade. Michigan hasn't had a first round quarterback since Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I mean, that's the irony of that because Harbaugh always puts this praise on McCarthy. And I was thinking about this in the car today. If McCarthy leads Michigan to a big, a, a win against Alabama, it would probably be their most memorable postseason victory since, I mean, one could argue Henny versus Florida, it would be the biggest postseason win since Tom Brady led the comeback against Alabama in 2000, which we're going to look into at sporting news as well. So I can see it both ways, but I still, if I'm JJ McCarthy, I might cash in and go to the NFL. I think he's got that late first round Will Levis appeal to him mm-hmm. that he could rise up the boards because of the intangibles. Great leader, great kid. Uh, Cocky, all he—he's kind of a cross between Harbaugh and Brady. I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady, but his intangibles are are that in the middle of those two.
1: And it's funny because if he did come back, I don't know how much he would improve his draft stock because Michigan just right—they don't push him. They—they like to run the ball. They do what they have to do to win. And he's, you know, I think he's shown a lot the last two years. I don't know how much he needs to show, and I don't know how much Michigan would let him show off next year if he does come back. So uh, Will Rogers from Mississippi State, he uh, committed to Washington, transferring to Washington. So he will go into this high-powered Kalen DeBoer offense in place of Michael Penix. Uh, He had put up big numbers with Leach, not big victories necessarily. Mississippi State was okay, not great, Uh, struggled this year. Uh, but now he's going to a a, a a playoff program, you know. can can uh, Expectations are going to rise for him. It's going to be a little pressure on him.
2: He's played a lot of football. Dealt with some injuries this year. You know, dealt with coaching change that got him away from – I mean, you take what Will Rogers can do, and there's some hidden mobility there. I mean, that's not even the right phrase. Like, he can run a little bit. Um, I like quarterbacks that don't turn the ball over. So he's played all this football. He's got close to 100 touchdown passes I'm counting them up right now 94 and 28 interceptions I mean that's phenomenal and in Kaelin DeBoer's offense where Michael Penix wasn't really a revelation he just took off with those receivers that they have now if he has that kind of receiving talent the play calling there you know a interesting spot for him because Washington's recruited the quarterback position pretty well that um yeah he'll, he'll step right in and Right into Big Ten football, buddy. Welcome to it, Will. <laughs> a, you go from the SEC West to the Big Ten West. We'll see how that goes. That's right. That's right. The
1: Big Ten the Western Division. The formal,
2: um, formal, formerly the Big Ten West. Because right no division. Well,
1: they're, they're the Western outpost. Right. Big Ten Western outpost. So three more QBs. I'll just mention. Uh, if you have any any thoughts on these guys, of course, Malachi Nelson, USC in the transfer portal. Threw three passes this year, former number four, five-star recruit. uh, Malik Murphy uh, started a couple games for Texas this year as a reserve. Did not stick it out with the Longhorns to be QB2 in uh, the Sugar Bowl. So that means Arch Manning is going to be QB1. I mean, sorry, he'll be QB2 behind Quinn Ewers. But Malik Murphy uh, said it was a tough decision for him, but he has left the Longhorns ahead of the playoff. And then K.J. Jefferson. He's got one more year of eligibility after his long career at Arkansas of these three. You know, uh, I I guess I would say who's going to make the most immediate impact. I would not say Nelson unless he goes to a kind of a mid-level program, which I don't think he will.
2: Right. It sounds like there's more development needed there. If you're looking for a quick fix, a guy that's played a lot of football and and showed flashes of Being awesome, it's KJ Jefferson. The the out of the three, I think I would take a flyer on Malik Murphy. You know, Mm. I you know I might go there because of the physical tools. Because I thought he looked good in their spring game and in limited flashes. Um, he looks huge. (laughs) I mean, he just looks like he's a big dude. Um, So I think the uh, I might you know be very interesting to see. Now I know the talk here in Columbus, Ohio State, they haven't got a portal QB. And it doesn't sound like they're in on Cameron Ward. So I'm wondering if one of those three guys, maybe they don't start, but maybe they they add to the quarterback room at Ohio State. Like I could see them going after Malachi Nelson. That's a five-star talent. I could see them going after Malik Murphy, which would be – you know, I, all of this is part of this trivia question. I know a couple of them are here um, because of <laughs> Quinn Ewers going to Ohio or from Ohio State to Texas. If Texas paid them back and gave them Malik Murphy, man, that would create all kinds of irony going into next season. That would be funny. And I like what Dante Moore, we didn't mention him, but he he's going to Oregon.
1: He's presumably going to back up Dylan Gabriel. I mean, maybe he'll win the job. I doubt it. But it's like maybe he kind of understood he needed another year of development before he needed to to be the man, to be the starter. And, you know, Gabriel's only going to be there one year. Right. And, and, uh and, yep. and like I said, he's the presumed starter more. And, and, uh, you know, again, just Dan Lanning fortifying his QB room. He's just doing it all right now. He's doing
2: everything right. You know, our Chrissy Freud at sporting news has broken down all these quarterbacks. And she brought up that point today in our meeting as well, that, yeah, that's great for Dante Moore and his development and that he gets to learn and sit, and maybe that's the case. And sometimes, Not such a bad thing. There's nothing wrong with sitting and learning for a year, and you can come out, and it's the same in the NFL. you know. So I think this is a good landing spot for him. And Oregon has their quarterback plan set for the next two years if those guys stay, and that's the best part of what Dan Lanning was able to accomplish there. Unorthodox, yes, but um, a good move nonetheless.
1: All right, back to Trochi trivia. We've mentioned a few of the guys so far on our show. But let's see how you can do. So, reminder, the question is, there's been 15 five-star quarterbacks, according to 24-7 Composite, in the 21, 22, and 23 classes. Six have transferred or hit the transfer portal. How many of the six can you name?
2: Does Quinn Ewers count?
1: Yes, I'm counting him as one of the six.
2: So Ewers, Caleb Williams, uh, Dante Moore. We just talked about the other one. Why am I blanking? Um, oh, uh, Malachi Nelson. Mm-hmm. That's four. Actually, there's step one, one, two, three. There's seven. There's seven. Sorry, I'm I'm blanking on the other ones, and I know I. Oh, uh, Vandegrift,
1: Brock Vandegrift over
2: to Kentucky. The other two, I am blanking. I'm just well. Be we honest. talked about one already. Malik.
1: No. Kyle McCord was a five star.
2: He was a five. I thought he was a four. So, he, was, he was a
1: four in some places, but the composite had him as a five across all the. all the.
2: And who's the last one?
1: This is the one you're not going to get, and I knew you weren't going to get it. Sam Huard
2: from oh, Washington, Washington to Washington. Cal Poly. <laughs> is that where he's playing now? Yes. I remember him, like the calls for him to start there, though, when he That's was right. there. So. That's why
1: I was surprised when Penix went to Washington, because Huard was there. Right. And uh, and I wasn't sure that Penix was even going to win the job. I'm like, why are you going? It's over? get this? like
2: five out of seven. That's like seventy one percent. That's not bad. Nah, that's pretty That'll good. Pass the driver's test. I think. I knew.
1: I knew you had. Uh, I knew Heward was a was an ace in the hole on that one. So. That was a good one. Anyway, all right. Well, very good. So thank you to everyone for listening to the CFB Nation All America podcast, brought to you by Twisted Tea on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you to Irish Breakdown, your source for Notre Dame football information. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your day, and we will see you soon.